0: holy name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I can't ever get these things off without my glasses always coming flying. Anyone else have these challenges? It's crazy. So here we find ourselves on Gaudete Sunday rejoicing, that's what it means but over what? John the Baptist finds himself in prison, and uh, he asks the question, are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? Should we be looking for another one? It's a valid question. Uh, Your questions, like, they're okay. You can ask questions like that. Uh, The worst kind of church would be the one where no one's allowed to ask any questions. Because that would mean that the church that doesn't allow questions also has a God who can't uh, stand up to questions. And if you don't allow questions, it's probably because you have no good answers for them. And then you have no basis for whatever you are claiming to be true. So, yes, please ask your questions. I love it. And then it's important to have questions, too. It's important to find things to ask about. It's just awful when you don't have any questions at all. Because that means that no one is actually thinking about any of these things. We're not looking for blind acceptance here. So every week as I prepare for preaching and for for, uh, classes and just even in my own uh, reading and study, I find more and more things that I don't know about. And I can't just read through a single book of the Bible or even like a chapter without chasing down 14 million rabbit holes. It's, um, it's, it's I don't know if this is distracting or not, but uh, it, it's, it's good. There's so many things to learn and to find out. And you have all these questions. So yeah, your questions are okay because our God can actually stand up to them answer the questions so notice that Jesus is not troubled at all by John's question he's not offended by this he doesn't say what do you mean like of course I am how dare you ask well no Jesus also doesn't directly answer the question either which he hardly ever gives anyone a direct uh, or straightforward answer it is the habit of rabbis everywhere and I think, I think that Jesus understands why John would have this question. Are you the one, or should we look for another? Because there he is, in prison. John is in prison because he has spoken truth to power. John the Baptist has stood up, and he's, he's, uh, he's taken a stand, and he's he has stood up and defended traditional marriage. If that's not relevant today, I don't know what is. There he is. He's defending marriage as the Lord gave it to us in the garden, and there is no comfort for him there. Like, did I miss something? Instead, John has made enemies by his his faithfulness and. And he is considered to be dangerous enough that they have to lock him up and put him in prison. So we think, most of the time, that things should be going better for us if we are faithful. So yeah, sometimes you work really, really hard at being faithful, and it all goes really, really good. And things just turn out happy. Of course. The law of God is good and wise, and if you follow it, it makes sense. This feels good. Sometimes you work hard at being faithful, and you end up in prison. Church history is full of martyrs who met their death as John would for being faithful to the very end. I mean, all he has to do is say, actually, I was wrong. Uh, Herod, go ahead, marry your, your brother's wife. Just just. Just do it. This is fine. That's all he has to do. He call off his supporters and disciples and say, Yeah, I was wrong. You were right. There we go. But he's faithful. Likewise, the uh, the, the church calendar is also full of people who were faithful and, and had like pretty good lives, too. Like, that happens, too. The church calendar has names of 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 martyrs like john the baptist and uh today we celebrate saint lucia who was a a very early martyr she's a a young woman and uh so had her eyes plucked out and she was killed by the romans so for her faithfulness uh you know i don't know what you're willing to do for this but uh, she kept her confirmation vows We ask every single one of you when you're confirmed if you're willing to die for this, and then some of us actually have to do. So yeah, we celebrate them. But then also there are faithful people who die natural deaths too, like Martin Luther or uh, St. Elizabeth of Hungary, things like that. And that's just kind of how life goes, isn't it? You take the good and the bad together. However... None of that will make sense if Jesus is not real. It's interesting, to me at least, that Jesus does not go around demanding that people believe in him. Jesus does not assemble an army. He doesn't even try to get, uh, he's fine with having 12 disciples, he doesn't need thousands. Uh, and he's not going to arm them and then like go conquer cities and make them believe in him. That's for other religions, the ones that aren't real tend to do things like that. Well, we'll force you to believe because you probably won't believe otherwise. But Jesus, though, he knows who he is, and that's enough. Like, yes, it's fine. Simply being the Son of God and the Son of Man will do for him. He has nothing to prove to anyone. It is an impossibility that his divine identity and mission would be kept hidden in secret, though, because Jesus is not the King of all things for his own good, but for you. He's crucified and raised from the dead publicly. Everyone sees this. And he does not keep these things to himself. He doesn't keep it a mystery, but he gives it all to you. And he brings you into these secrets and these mysteries. He baptizes you into his death, into his resurrection. He teaches you and he tells you everything about it. And he feeds you his crucified and raised body and blood so that you would have that same thing that he had his death and his resurrection. He sets the prisoners free, not by going around and picking all the locks, but by destroying the very prison house of death that holds us all. So, now people go to their deaths knowing that this is not only death, but also resurrection that awaits us. So, is Jesus the one who is to come, or should we be looking for another? Well, I guess that depends on what you are looking for. What is your God? Where do you turn for help? What are you actually worried about? What is your center? We are finding out right now what our collective idol is, what we worship. And we've all kind of decided right now that our collective idol is safety, safety. There are churches that have not gathered since March and will not do so until there is mass vaccination. And you kind of wonder, what are they giving up? What are they missing? Did any of this stuff actually matter this time last year? Well, I think it did. You think it did. You think it still does. Does it matter that the body of Christ is huddled together around the word and the sacrament, the mere physical proximity of other Christians is a gift. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was killed by the Nazis for his faithfulness, uh, he writes this, that the mere presence of other Christians is a gift. Are we depriving one another of that today? It is a gift to have you here. And I can even think that John the Baptist felt that very gift when they came to visit him in prison. When I mean, John is clearly disturbed. They all are. They're like, we don't get it. This doesn't look like the one that we are waiting for. Now, John had disciples, too. He had a lot of disciples. Lots of people have been going out to hear him preach out in the wilderness and were baptized by him. Because they had been waiting 400 years for someone like him to come along. And then he did. And they picked up on it and they're like, oh yeah, let's do it. We're going for it. John the Baptist had enough disciples that Herod had to put him in prison because he publicly criticized him. Now, if I were to lash out against our governor or mayor for whatever immoral practices they may have, I, I would be massively surprised if they thought that I had enough influence that they had to then like, lock me up and put me away because you guys would rise up against the, the governing authorities. That's not going to happen. Uh, but John had that kind of authority. He had that kind of following. And there he is. And everyone's feeling kind of shaky about it. And then, even Jesus' own disciples, some of them who came from John, they end up denying that they even know Jesus at all. I don't know him. Never seen him, never heard of him. So off he goes to the cross with only a handful of people who still love him. A handful of people who aren't looking for something else. So ask yourself what you're looking for. Are you looking for immediate satisfaction? Can your longing be solved with a vaccine? What will happen when we get rid of the pandemic? We can go back to the things that we were worried about before. Erect some other idols in our temples. Is that what we want to go back to and center our life around? Well, all those things, they will all fall down before Christ. That is the nice thing about idols too. We worship them, but then they do fall down and they fail. It won't last forever. But the word of the Lord will. And the word of the Lord is Jesus Christ himself. And your idolatry will be exposed one day for what it is. Sinful foolishness. They had their answer. They should probably look for another. Because this Jesus was just not going to cut it for them. Because after all, what kind of God is a God who gets weak and dies? Well, only a God who can and will raise the dead. If you're not sure today, if you're still asking if you should look for another one, know that you will be. And you will see and you will hear what he has done and what he will do. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.